0: Season 8 wrap up of Saying the Tone and ER Retrospective. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Also joining us today as the master of ceremonies for the 8th semi annual Tony Awards, please welcome in everyone's favorite family lawyer, Jake of the Popular Court.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Jake. I'm known around the Discord as slightly off putting, and my tone is drastically different from the three other hosts, but it's good to be here. <laughs>
0: That's why you're only here on special occasions. Anyway, so, obviously, discussing Season 8 today, and what a season it was, and boy howdy are we ready to say, (laughs) fuck it, and put it to bed, and move on to better helicopter-based activities. Um, So, Daniel, why don't you start us off with some season stats? Season stats.
2: The fucking Empire Strikes Back of uh, ER seasons. Uh, It starts dark and it gets darker and it only gets darker with each passing week until you wait for the sweet, sweet release of Mark's death at the end of the season. Uh, For average viewers, 26.0 million viewers uh, down just a touch from last season. Uh, You know, we're you know, it's a it's a decline, but it's, you know, by modern standards, is it really a decline? It's you know they're still doing all right. They're uh, still Super Bowl numbers these days, so right? They're they're doing just fine. Uh, for a number of twinkles, we had just three, three, thrice twinkled is season eight. Uh, you know, which as you might imagine, like it's a you know kind of a downer season. Like there's lots of you know dramatic things happening. Like they they sprinkle in the twinkles where they are uh, tonally appropriate.
0: Sprinkle in the twinkles. There we go. That's
2: there it is. That's what we need. Yeah, make that a T-shirt. Uh, let's do the previously on ER count, uh, leading the way with three apiece, uh, the surprising th- uh, thruple of Mark, Romano, and Carter, uh, all with three apiece. Uh, coming in, uh, four-way tie for second place, Benton, Carrie, uh, Corday, and Susan. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, five-way tie. Abby as well, all with two apiece. Uh, and then poor little Cleo uh, all the way bringing up the rear with just the one in her last season uh, and then uh, the awards segment is really easy to get through uh, because they were completely donut hold in both the 2002 Primetime Emmy Awards and the 2002 uh, Golden Globes Uh, per-
3: so. permission to never use donut hold is an, like descriptor ever again Thank permission
2: you. denied moving on <laughs> um <laughs>
0: i enjoy it, it i don't know about you folks at home i enjoy the to- the term donut hole Thank can you, we stop <laughs> um
2: so uh, as you might imagine we are well and truly into kind of the dawn of prestige television uh in 2002 uh it's that that's kind of been creeping ever since like 98 99 when sopranos comes on the scene uh so by 2002 that is like in full effect Um, Sopranos wins a lot of the major awards for like drama type stuff. Although West Wing is still making a really, um, kind of, uh, strong push. Uh, so Sopranos is in there. Um, Six Feet Under is another one that's in there. The, a show that I, uh, watched last year in its entirety for the first time, uh, and is fine. Like, didn't change my life. Didn't hate it. Uh, has some really poignant moments. Also has some really head-scratchingly stupid moments. Uh, but overall, really solid show. Uh, I'm so assuming I that
0: the episode works. of West Wing where Josh Lyman explains Islamophobia just won <sighs> won every single award. Uh, it's possible. No, no, no. no, I don't, no, no I'm I'm guys, joking. That that episode was guys, weird.
3: We, we need to stop saying West Wing, or I'm gonna completely abandoned the X-Files rewatch to go watch West Wing again.
0: Sorry. Pulling up my roast list to add our... this on for Lauren. <laughs> yeah, you say fine. that as you haven't abandoned the X-Files rewatch shh, already. Shh,
3: shh. It's not a rewatch. I realize that it's a watch, but either way, shh, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's yeah.
0: fine. Shh. Anyways, let's talk
1: about The Wire. <laughs> right, that's it's the too it's the meme.
2: Sad. It's 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 Lauren holding up the West Wing while the X Files drowns. Yep. and the wire is the skeleton it's, under the pool.
3: It's too much right now. I know it's great, but it's too much.
2: It'll I always actively be too much right now.
0: I have actively stopped myself over the last week or so from flipping on Grey's Anatomy again. I've been like, no, I don't have another now. Nineteen seasons, oh, God, in oh. me. Every time you right say that, I
2: die a little bit on the inside. Um, I haven't watched any season 19, so. Okay. So the, the, the fact that there is a season 19 is part of the problem.
3: Sorry to derail us. Keep going. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. So some of the things that uh, usurped uh, ER this season, like I said, uh, West Wing, Six Feet Under, uh, Alias, <clears throat> Judging Amy. Alias. Which. Yeah, oh, alias. Victor Garber. Amy. Victor Garber was nominated for outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. Uh didn't win, uh, but he was nominated. Uh he's still alive, right? Victor Garber?
3: Uh I feel like he's... all I
2: know
0: from that show is Jennifer Gardner.
2: So like he was he's the dude from Titanic,
0: the 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 nice uh rich guy. The the one that dies oh. on the
3: ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, you alive, say nice rich sure. person, i always think Kathy Bates.
3: Okay, she is the nicest rich person in
2: that That's,
0: movie. Yeah, but. that is that is true. Um, I don't know what you're yeah, talking about.
1: Kathy Bates? <laughs> oh, I, I'd say- In Titanic? Uh, yeah, Kathy Bates was in Titanic? She's, uh, uns- she's uh, the best
3: character in Titanic, yes. Yeah. She's
2: unsinkable Molly Brown.
1: I'll, I trust you. I'm not going to watch that, but I trust <laughs> He's not
2: going to go watch the show. Uh, yeah. I take it back, actually. there was We did mention this on the episode. There is one nomination in the Emmy Awards. Uh, John Wells was nominated for writing for On the Beach. Yeah. Uh, yep. did not win and lost out to 24 yet another show that seemed like it was going to have a lot of staying power in the early 2000s and no one really talks about it now. Um, so <laughs> got to love that evergreen era of American entertainment, the early 2000s, where we thought we did it guys. We are post history. All of this stuff is going to matter forever. And none of it. did. <sighs> All right. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for award season. It was very kind of a ho-hum affair when it comes to, uh, ER. They were not. They're they're not the new kid on the block anymore. They're not. They're they're not the new flavor of the week anymore. They are the. They have now fully reached like the office status in uh, the late 2000s, where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you're here. You're fine. You're good.
0: You're not gonna win anything. Lauren, what characters do we say goodbye to though? Oh, uh, who
3: didn't we say goodbye to? This That's very fair patrons. Uh,
2: as, as patrons <laughs> <laughs> will know, how many characters was gonna say. we say goodbye to. As you're probably just still di- still digesting your fourth character retrospective of the season, uh, just <laughs> since the
0: beginning of season eight. See, my question is why we didn't do one just for Reese. Well, he, we, we, he had his own segment in the uh, Benton retrospective. But still, I mean, we should have just done a whole hour, two hour plus retrospective on just how fucking cute Baby Reese is. This, is. this is why you and Lauren don't record in the same room anymore, so that Lauren can't reach over and
2: smack you when you say things like that. Like, yep. why, don't, why don't we do a whole ass another retrospective
0: uh, after we've done four? It's not, so, it's, it's not so. Both of us don't sound super echoey anymore. It's just no, no. so that we, yeah, uh, can punch me.
3: it's so much more comfortable. But anyway, uh, who didn't we say goodbye to? I'm gonna speed through this because holy shit, we got a lot. Uh, Malucci in eight four, and oh my god, that feels like it was another lifetime. Uh, we also got Cleo eight ten, Reese eight ten, Jackie eight ten, <laughs> Nicole eight. T- god, that was a bloodbath. <laughs> eight,
2: eight ten was a bloodbath.
3: Nicole eight ten, Roger two eight ten, Carter's mom eight fourteen, Benton eight fifteen, Chloe Lewis eight nineteen, Jen Green eight twenty one, and Mark Green eight twenty one. Fuck.
2: Yeah, season eight's kind of a bloodbath, fam. Um, you know, Malucci, like you know, like like Lauren said, that feels like a lifetime ago. That feels like a different show ago. Uh, when you talk about, like, the gauntlet that is season eight, like, it, it always feels a little bit like we're really far removed from the beginning of the season mm-hmm. when we get to the season finale. But it really feels like that with Malucci of, like, that feels like a another show.
0: Could we technically, for Chloe, could we put in third watch season blah, 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 no. episode, blah, blah, blah whatever.
2: No, We don't acknowledge the existence of that show in this house. Um,
1: I, did we actually see no, Chloe. If no, no one watched that Chloe. episode... Can we really right. confirm that if a tree falls that's in the what, woods and no one's there to hear it, did it make a sound? It's what you we know?
2: what we learned through that whole process is that most people don't even know what Third Watch is. <laughs> when we, when we announced when we announced that we were doing the Third Watch half of that crossover, people thought we were starting over with ER. They thought we were doing a third watch of ER, and I was like, No, 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 different show entirely. Uh, It makes me mad that Third Watch isn't a better show because it's a ready-made podcast name for uh, a Third Watch retrospective that I will never do. Um, But yeah, Ten is kind of a a bloodbath. We lose most of Benton's kind of orbit because that is nominally Benton's last episode, even though they drag him back out of the Shadow Realm just five weeks later. Um, Cleo makes her last meaningful appearance, you know, cameo during Mark's funeral notwithstanding. Uh, we do lose baby reese uh until the series finale uh which is uh just arguably the biggest tragedy next to mark's death of the entire season that we don't get to see little baby reese anymore the but he's d- still an ducky reese kid is no more season finale the series finale though yes young boy reese in season 15 uh but we lose jackie as well who uh you know uh, goes through a little bit of a, a character assassination arc. Got, got done dirty. <laughs> got done, gets done a little bit dirty in her uh, last uh, season, maybe-ish. Uh, you know, not a character, obviously, that shows up every episode or even every season, uh, but definitely, I think, was more important than what, or they they just really do her dirty after mm-hmm. her son dies, and, like, it, it really is... Uh, it's unfortunate how shitty she becomes during that whole custody battle they,
3: saga. They could have done so much more and so much differently with her after right. um, after her son dies, but Just they do her so dirty. A little bit yeah. more,
2: you know. They they kind of touch on it a little bit, but then they give up on it very quickly and move on to other things. Yeah. Um, Roger too, as well. You know, as I said, this is kind of uh, Benton's whole orbit, kind of evaporates uh, in that episode you know because he's on his way out the door uh and then of course uh, just for good measure we throw in the character that everybody wishes they remembered existed to nominate for least favorite character uh nicole uh that uh no one remembered she existed when we were doing our nominations and everybody immediately said why didn't you nominate nicole uh, uh, my
3: my biggest regret uh
2: the waitress the, the oh, julie oh, dillard yeah, wow. yeah. God, does just that forget, feel like five years she existed.
0: ago?
3: Jesus. We just blocked her off entirely. Just, whoosh,
0: Blocked. Now I gotta look who we did nominate for worst character.
3: Oh, mine's yeah. a shit.
2: Yeah, fucking Lauren, after I had already finished making all the graphics. Can I change my nomination? No! No, you I can't. I was not serious. Nomination. I
3: knew it was not gonna happen.
2: <clears throat> but yeah, so a uh, bit of a bloodbath there in uh, episode 10. And then, of course, Carter's mom uh, making an abrupt uh, but welcomed exit in uh, 14. Uh, I was really surprised to to see that Carter's mom was around for the short amount of time that she is on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I remembered Carter's mom. I, I remembered Carter's mom sucking. Don't get me wrong. I remember Carter's mom being a rough character to deal with, but I uh, was not prepared for her to be around for the short amount of time that she was. I really thought that we would get some stuff with her this season and then they would trot her out again, you know, down the road. But it, it really ends up being more Carter's dad that we get later on. not Not so much her. Uh, so she exits stage left in 14. And then, like I said, they trot Benton out of the shadow realm in 15, a moment that still irritates me and still makes me mad. And I don't understand why they did it. Um, but, uh, and then Chloe, which I, 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 I was discussing this with Jake, uh, before, uh, Lauren and Lizzie hopped on that. I feel like Lauren nominating Chloe for least favorite character of the season feels a little bit finger on the scaly. Like it feels a little bit like a cheating pick, but you know well, we've, all, we've all
3: made those cheating picks from time to time. It's less of a cheating pick than Nicole. if I had remembered Nicole,
2: yeah, I was just like, really? we're gonna pick Chloe for her one episode. I mean, I get it. Nobody likes Chloe, but you know, she's a I couldn't one think episode.
3: it that's what happens, guys. I pick third, and it's I run out of ideas, so
2: yeah. <laughs> that's uh, what I get. And then, of course, at the end of the season, Jen Green and Mark Green, uh, Jen Green much more welcome t- to leave <laughs> than Mark Green. Um, but yeah, go go listen to the entirety of the On the Beach episode, the
0: uh, wild and wonderful ride that that episode is. Um, <laughs> for our, I will take. I would. I would like to take a little bit of a little bit of a uh, issue with your with your timing on the Jen Green exit. Uh, how so? Because if you're gonna say. That Cleo left truly left in eight ten, but she mm-hmm. had a cameo in the in the last episode. Mm-hmm, Jen has mm-hmm. like a line.
2: Yeah, well, she has a line. Episode. She has a speaking line. Like, in in my opinion, that qualifies as a a tr- uh, well and true appearance. Like, she has a. Still speaking think her line. last
0: meaningful appearance would truly be bygones, but wasn't it? uh I thought it was Orion. Was- Yeah, it was Orion. That's when they had the oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They had
2: the cafe. But yeah, I mean, yes, you're right. Orion is, uh, and I think I even said that in that episode that that was her last appearance. Not remembering that she does show up and on the beach and, um, but, you know, she does have a line, so I'm gonna like give her that. She got paid, you know. I'll allow it. Uh, so that's that's her last official appearance. We don't see any more of Jen after that, but we do see a little bit more of Rachel. So get excited, Jake. Get excited, buddy. Rachel Green. How, uh, we have not seen oh. it's. It's an MCU title card at the end. Fucking Rachel Green
0: will return. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <sighs> so we had some characters who were bobbed, and I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I always like to put these in. Most here. of these, I like to put these in here just to see. If anyone will remember who the fuck I'm talking you about, made or, if, these I could, names or up. if I could, I know, right, I or if I could, right? I remember Sound like
1: Starship Trooper characters, guys.
3: Get I remember, I remember two of them, three. I remember three.
0: One actually. of them,
2: one of them, I'm not using his Christian name, so you know that that's that okay. might. Throw that's, you true,
0: up. that's true. That's uh, true. So we start off in the very first episode of season eight, uh, Benton's niece, which who, I, which we,
2: is the ultimate like, like. Tears below tertiary, whatever though, whatever that undiscovered country is called, like the tears below. Yeah. tertiary character. But I do give her a little bit of grace because it is the same actress. Like it's again, it's Fair, another one. Okay. It's another one of those examples of from the why did they bother department of like bringing the same actress back to do one meaningless scene seven years apart. Uh, You know, good on them. Uh, but that we do see the very last of Benton's niece uh, in Season 8, Episode 1, and she's never mentioned or brought up again.
0: That's fair. And then we also have – I always want to say, like, uh, like Dr. Frank for whatever his name is from The Simpsons, Dr. Zagoibi <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yes, Dr. Zagoyby. Uh Who wants to take a guess on uh, how long we have uh, been – Blessed with the presence of Doctor Zagoibi
0: I'm gonna guess in season one, just because he seems like the kind of character that would that they would bring back from season one for no reason. Okay, Liz- Lizzie's going season one. Lauren.
3: I'm googling, so I can't. No, I, no, 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 no. We're no,
0: we're not Cheater. googling. Yeah. No, we're not I'm tr-
3: no, I'm trying to see who the fuck it is.
2: No, no, we're not doing that. This is a blind. This is a blind
3: check. <laughs> I I already saw the years, so I can't guess.
1: Jake. Uh, I'm gonna guess since 1997, when Starship Troopers came out, because this man was definitely in that movie. Give me a give me a number. Give me a, a season number. Four. It's
2: one, four. Okay, Jake. Well, I guess technically Lizzie wins because if we're going by Price's Right rules, closest without going over, uh, because it is season three. Uh, we have been uh, blessed with the presence of one Dr. Zagoibi who did change specialties uh, during his time on the show because his original incarnation, he was an optometrist mm-hmm. uh, who examined uh, young baby Kirsten Dunst back mm-hmm. in season three when she got the shit beat out of her um, and <laughs> And uh, I think by the end of season or by his by the time we see him in season eight, I think he is now uh, an anesthesiologist or something like he's involved Mm -hmm. in the uh, Lizzie dying patients kerfuffle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same actor, same character name, like there's continuity there, Uh, but uh, he does make his final appearance in uh, eight, seven and uh, is never brought up or mentioned again. So, yeah. 4-1-0. Then
0: next up in uh, episode twelve we have Captain Daniker, which I'm assuming is it's, uh He's fire captain? Hey He's the guy, ding, he's ding, the ding. guy from Exodus,
2: right? Yeah,
1: did he is, lead Lauren. Red Squadron? Who says Lauren the doesn't remember Death Star and the absolute classic Star Wars A New Hope?
3: Yes, he does. Sure. <laughs>
2: uh, who says Lauren never remembers anything? Uh Captain Daniker.
3: I never remember anything important.
2: (laughs) Right. You remember the fire captain who showed up four seasons ago. Uh, Yes, he is the fire captain who showed up in uh, Exodus originally. I want to say he's in um, All in the Family, maybe, or like one of those like event episodes in like five season five or six um or no 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 i know what it is it's um it's the one in seven crossing it, the, the crossing yeah the crossing the, the train yeah. episode he's in the train episode uh and then this one is a bit controversial because he is credited in the episode uh for 812 uh but and it is his last appearance and there is no on-screen explanation for why we never see him again um but he is uh ostensibly probably in the same firehouse as sandy and i'm guessing uh, i'm guessing appears in the background but uh, we never caught him in the episode, and it might be a deleted scene or something. But so, like, th- this one's a bit of a, a – there's always got to be one spicy pick every season for a Bob, there you, you know.
0: Well, there's not too many options because our last one is in episode 14, uh, Mr. Carrier Weaver himself, Dr. Babcock.
2: Oh, Dr. Babcock. Who kills
0: people without any never, consequences whatsoever. Never convicted. Never convicted. Uh, no, who gets maybe
3: that's why he disappears.
0: He kills more people than Mark Green without with the, with the same level of co- of consequences aka nothing hey don't
2: don't take away from Jake's bonus segment. <laughs> um, so um, uh, Holy drop storylines, Batman. Uh, this is yeah, right uh, they, they spend a big chunk of the first half of of season eight uh, going through Lizzie's patients mysteriously getting infections and mysteriously dying. And oh, what a you know what a sad state of affairs. And Lizzie's going through depositions and crazy and you know, whatever. It's 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 fucked up. Uh, and then it's like heavily, heavily implied without like everything but a pointing neon sign that uh, Mr. Carry Weaver is your man. Like he's he's the one responsible. And then just as quickly as they kind of imply that, it all just kind of like. Whew, wists away, and uh, we're left with, you know, just black tar sadness for the rest of the season as Mark's brain cancer takes over. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a really frustratingly unresolved plot line, in my opinion.
3: Uh, still one of my favorite sequences is when she goes down to his office and it's filmed like a <laughs> horror movie. <Right>. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> His supervillain lair.
3: It's still so Which good.
2: Which I still want to know from somebody in the medical profession, like, do, an- do anesthesiologists have their own, like, horror? whole ass like uh villain Labs. layers yeah i imagine not like i i like they really like t- tuned up the cartoonish uh villain of him uh quite a bit there like he's got his whole lab set up with beakers and flasks and stuff where he like creates the poison it was just a
1: little bit
0: a little bit silly especially at a county facility Right, he just took exactly. it over
1: from the last doctor he murdered, or that guy who like walked off into traffic and died, or you know he just co opted oh, yeah. that Dickhead.
2: office. Doctor Dickhead, never forget. Uh, or maybe uh, the paramedic who was definitely uh, raping and killing old ladies uh, back in season four or five. L- whenever, l- that let's was. forget that storyline. Right?
1: Why bring that up? Why on on this the Lord's Day? Why would you bring <laughs> that up?
2: Well,
3: Cause because anything's better than
2: season eight. No, no. See, don't feed into his bullshit because then he's gonna like he, he feel th- vindicated. That, that empowers him. That empowers him. It makes him think <laughs> he's right.
0: <clears throat> well, speaking of bullshit, Lauren, what how was your <laughs> shitty kids looking? How is your uh, shitty kids list looking this year? So
3: it's it's a little low. Um, but and I actually, guys, I remembered to look up uh right as we were starting this recording, who's who? So like I kind of have an idea. Uh first off is John Thomas from eight. 8- Four, you all might know him as Beans from Even Stevens. Oh, he yeah. was an absolute twat, <laughs> just real, real entitled, entitled, shrieky, whiny kid. Just awful brat, horrible. Uh, next up, we have two kids that are brought in. Um, they're like hurt from throwing snowballs at each other or something it's insinuated mm. that they got hurt from the winter weather sure, sure they're just they're just again real obnoxious Halle has to separate them as she's like taking them to curtains you only see them for like 30 seconds but still awful children um guys I hate kids uh then we have rachel <laughs> Rachel for season eight all the time just
2: oh I don't think that's fair well
3: okay to be fair I wrote that as of like episode seven. Okay. Or episode like 10. So we were halfway through the season when Rachel got on the list.
0: As I say, she literally overdoses no, her no. baby
2: sister. Yeah. Actually. So, like, no,
3: I'm, I'm, it, not, yeah. It, I'm not saying no, she didn't
2: do shitty things. I just, it's, you know.
3: It's early half of season eight when she's just being a teenager and not being a teenager whose dad is dying. Like, sure. differentiated there. So, either way, halfway through the season, Rachel was on there. I can't revoke things on the shitty kids list, or I would, because. You know, meat whatever. Meatloaf rules. Uh, I get
2: it. <laughs> Meatloaf <yeah. laughs> meat rules. Uh,
3: Meatloaf clause. Then we have Aaron, the worst child on this list. He was the kid who was in the Whoa, snowmobile he accident. Very,
2: he gives very thought-out listener responses. I don't know what you're talking about. Shut I don't up. think he belongs uh, on the shitty kids list.
3: Shut up. Uh, Aaron, the snowmobile accident kid who had his dad drive him and his friend, and his dad was um, cognitively impaired. Oh, yeah, that kid. Oh, right, and right, he, right. And he was just like mortified by his dad, and he was like, "He fucking deserves it if he's in trouble." Nah. So yeah, like this kid, this kid wins for most awful child. And then uh, honorary mention to all of the precocious little kids on the third watch episode. <laughs>
2: oh, the the lollipop guild.
3: They're, <laughs> yeah. ad- they're so they're not shitty. They are just so adorable that sh- I had to put. The- that i had to put them on the shitty kids list because it's like it's that level of cute like when you see a really cute animal and you just want to kick it <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think we learned something about lauren today
3: yeah, yeah no it's apparently there's a whole thing about like why why our brains respond so strongly to like cute animals but either way they were so cute they veered into shitty for me
2: Ah. Uh. They're not shitty. Just, they're just homeless. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> I didn't say it was because of what they did or who they were. I said it's because they're... I mean, I called them the fucking mollipop guild, okay? Like, they're just... They're too cute. They were. They and were very... Ang-
2: they were right out of central casting for Willy and, Wonka.
3: And it like, angers me. So they're on shitty kids list just because they make me mad how cute they are. Just uh, like season eight. Season eight makes me mad, too. Guys, do we want to talk about how just done we are with season eight?
0: I... I... Personally, yeah, we, we know would love to hear Jake's dissertation on why this is the worst season of the show ever, so far. Which, Look, I was to, gonna say to, to, to start start out,
1: sweet summer child. To start out, I want to I want to quote uh, a wise uh, musician group. Uh, the quote goes, "You're the brother. Don't swear. He's nice. He knows he's nice." I'm gonna say, "I don't swear. I'm right. I know I'm right." And I am just here to say this season is bad. Like. I didn't like this season. I've watched it, I think, four times now. Inadvertently, against my like, I feel like I've been subjected to this. Like when they asked what they played in Guantanamo Bay to torture me, it was season eight of ER. And a little bit is hyperbole. I'm here to get y'all a little bit riled up, to you know. But but also it's true, and and I want to come at it from the perspective of there, you've got three kind of chunks of the the season. You got the first chunk, which is basically. Family Law, the fucking ride, which is what I see all day, every day, and I don't want to watch it on TV. And then there's the middle part, which just kind of sucks. And then it's the last part, which is actually pretty damn good, minus the first watch stuff. And then you got to deal with you know third watch and all that bullshit. But like, it's propped up by these ending three episodes, which are very good. I did not get a, mo- I didn't cry at all. I wasn't really, you know, I, I but I don't have. The connection to er like y'all do so it's like it's just not the same great episodes though, fantastic but then we got this middle like whatever with these kind of just upsetting storylines you've got in theory interesting episodes like the breakfast club episode but it's like i think it's because i don't really care for a lot of the characters around that time like i don't really you no know, shocker i'm so sorry genti that like i'm just not that into Luca. But like particularly like Carrie sucks this season, and I don't like Carter and so uh, he's, he's got a point. Like, Every I see Lizzie time making she's a face. on screen, I'm just asking why can't we be watching something else? And so like that episode didn't do anything for me, and just like the storylines in general were not my vibe. And then the and then the, the custody battle, obviously like that, you can see my breakdown of of all that stuff. But like. I don't know. It just it was it was dark. I wasn't very invested in really any of the storylines besides Mark Green kicking the bucket and uh yeah, the the custody battle was really cool and then, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of ended. But like the domestic violence stuff this season, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously well, it's supposed yeah. to be upsetting, but like again, I deal with this shit every day. It, like I just it don't just... it's not going to like Pull me in to be like super invested in this. Like I could see, ah, she's not going to do anything about her shitty boyfriend in this abusive situation. Like I, I can see all these situations happening a mile away because it's what I deal with every day. And so it just, I don't know. I didn't like this season. I, um, I'm sorry. It's,
3: it's very heavy. Yeah. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a
2: lot. It's the Empire Strikes Back But, like, season, season. seven, the, seven is heavy, is too,
1: with the stuff with, with Abby's mom, way, and it's though. fantastic. Obviously, it's upsetting to watch. I mean, again, the Mark's death stuff is heavy, but I don't know. I just...
3: I I feel like seven, we got a little bit more breathers. Mm-hmm. Eight was just kind of
2: well, all of it, yeah. seven Seven gets heavy at times, but seven is also a relatively stable season in terms mm-hmm. of turnover. Like, seven, nobody leaves. Mm-hmm. And... That the thing that makes this season such a tough watch for not only just watching it physically, but also just logistically for us to do, we're really fucking tired at the end of the season, is because there is so much turnover. And, you know, Lizzie made a face, but Jake is absolutely right. It is very easy to forget how unlikable Carrie is at the beginning of this season because of fucking Pagergate. Like Oh,
3: that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pa- right. Pager Gate was... at the beginning
2: of the season is a huge downer uh, on that character, like to the point where we were like, Borderline ready to call it character assassination, um, and and uh, th- to to uh, to the credit of the the team though, like the writing team, like they do manage to pull the nose up on that by the end of the season. To the to the effect that it is a distant memory by the end of the season. Like we don't clearly none of us remembered Pagergate until I just brought it up. You know that that was a thing that happened this season because by the end of the season they have pretty much turned the boat around on that. Like she's she's in a much better place
0: at the end of the season than the beginning. Like oh yeah, Chen's just been here the whole time. She didn't have, a, she didn't.
2: Right, leave. Chen, Chen didn't just go away. Chen's gone for the first third of this season. Like, yeah, she's just not there, uh, which is just wild. Um, so no, I mean it is, it it is, and I think it is for my money, it is the heaviest season of the show. Like there are there, you will never find a season that is more depressing. Uh, more um, tumultuous, more like this season is just work from beginning to end. And there's very little levity and there's very little chances to just like breathe. Everything is just a huge bummer.
3: I'll put it this way. Season eight was the first time in our three and a half years of recording where I was honestly about to petition and say, Guys we've never done a season break before in recording, but can we just not for a few weeks like that's where i w- I have been at by the end of season eight is it's just yeah. like and and a ugh. lot of
2: that a lot of that too has to do with not just the material on the screen and the and the amount of work involved, but it has just been like a really like busy, not necessarily happy year thus far. life life has been has been really like. Crazy all year so far, and so like
0: 2023 sucks, y'all. Yeah, it hasn't yep. it
2: hasn't been great, and so like that has not made it an exciting uh, time to revisit. You know, black tar sadness, and you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, you don't really get like geared up. You know, it was much easier when we were in like seasons three, four, five, when it was like, oh, what wacky hijinks is Jerry getting into this week? You know, like it was. We didn't get. M- He's getting much into of that. the gimp suit, and that happens this season, Danny. Damn right, no. Nope. That's why Abs- that episode is a nope. masterpiece. Um,
3: mm-hmm. No. But no.
2: So, I mean, like, I still think, I, I, I agree with certain aspects of what Jake is getting at, and I disagree with others. Like, I, I do think that it is a season that is largely propped up by the trilogy mm-hmm. at the end. If you didn't have the trilogy at the end, this would be a middle-of-the-road or, bo- or or lower tier, uh, mm-hmm. lower lower third-ranked season. And it is a it is a testament to the strength of those three episodes that, with them it is elevated to upper middle if not first tier season like lower end of the first tier like i would say this mm-hmm. is probably the fourth or fifth best season of the show overall because mm-hmm. of those three episodes and a few other sprinkled in you know masterpieces that we will will well, get to
3: and granted if if we didn't have the mark trilogy there also wouldn't have been nearly as much black tar sadness and they may have filled it with some other stuff that may have had more levity and more engagement. Sure. So it's kind of, but yes, I absolutely agree that I was whelmed.
2: Yeah. And I mean, but it is a season. It's a season of, uh, like you said, of, of hits and misses, like some things work really well. Like let's talk about uh partly cloudy chance of rain that is as an event episode works way better. I felt like than the crossing did from the season before, which was their big sweeps episode. Um, Four Corners doesn't work as well, like is much more of a gimmick in search of an episode rather than, uh, you know, the other way around. Um, So, you know, it, it is very much a season of kind of fits and starts, hits and misses. I did go through and count and I would I would say that I am at about 13, 14 up and seven or eight down for the season uh, like mm-hmm. just as like a and, and I didn't do a like in depth of like go back and re-listen and think see what we had to say about each individual episode I'm just kind of uh you know cherry picking off of the list from wikipedia but based on that that um that list I'm going to guess that it's about 13 14 good episodes to great and uh, about seven or eight dogs that you know are just like either miss the mark or are actively bad or just kind of there and not really worth your time. And I think um, something
1: that was stood out to me is just where this season stands in contrast to season 7. At least for me, season 7 I was like this is one of the greatest shows ever made. Like there was maybe one or two bad episodes, but like season 7 is fucking phenomenal. And then like by the end of this season, like as wackadoo as the season finale is and the season premiere is for season nine, I'm like, I don't know if I would willingly continue to watch this show. I don't know. <laughs> I just season seven was like such a high point for me. And this was just the opposite of that. And that I don't know. What, was it my jam? No, it,
2: it is definitely, you know, we've said it a million times. This is a time of transition for the show. Um, mm-hmm. The show is changing not only the people on the screen, but also kind of the tone um and like just the overall look and feel of the show is going to feel much different as we get deeper into season nine and beyond like you're going to start to see them shed some of that season one through eight er skin and come to something that looks and feels a lot different than what you're used to um you know and i think i i i hate to say it but like i feel like you can lay a lot of blame for why some of some of the stuff falls flat especially in the first half of season eight on the fact that Susan's return is just not very good. Like it's very underwhelming and very just kind of like, like it's a wet fart. Like it just goes over so flat. And I feel like that kind of casts a pall over the first half of season eight that is only really rescued by the custody battle stuff. Like they are kind of just like floating out there in space with no real direction until the custody battle stuff ramps up. And then you're like invested for two or three episodes and then, you know, Benton's gone and then then we're kind of then we're kind of drowning again. And then then it's like a waiting game until the Mark's uh, cancer stuff ramps back up again. Uh, so it's just kind of a like up and down it f- affair. And it's, uh, eh, you know, I can I can see why, like Jake said, for somebody who doesn't have the emotional attachment to the show that we do, I could see why you would come away with a like less than favorable opinion of the show or of the season rather
0: uh, by the end of this one.
3: So now that we're done shitting on it, Lizzie, do you want to talk about any high notes before we switch to listener responses?
0: I I was going to shit on it a little bit too, but like, but in a different way, I was, it was going to be my whole summation of this season in my own brain muscle is this is exactly what I remember Mm. for better, for the good and for the very bad, like some of the bad stuff got way worse mm-hmm. when we're looking at it in this format. Like, I knew Four Corners was a bad episode. I didn't realize how terrible of an episode I don't, it I don't know was. If, I don't know if I would
2: go that far. I wouldn't say terrible. It's not good, but I wouldn't
0: say oh, it's no. a mess. Four, Four Corners is a is just a hot, hot, hot mess of an episode that just ah. Uh, I mean, okay, it's more of those. It's like Jake said. Because he's a family lawyer, he doesn't want to see the domestic violence stuff and the custody case stuff. That doesn't make for good television for him because mm. that's his everyday life. Mm. I don't wanna see a Jerry Springer analog show, mm. and I don't want to see someone kill themselves mm. because I deal with suicidal depression. And I don't wanna see like and I don't wanna see that repeatedly. I don't want right? to see several trans slurs hurled at people. I don't want to like s- so. we That talk- is not what I want from my entertain from my weekly medical drama mm-hmm. entertainment.
3: We talk about episodes adding me. That whole episode was one big at to Lizzie.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, I just uh So it's and I was just surprised at how many more clunkers there were mm-hmm. in here than I remembered. Because, like, I remember enjoying... Like, I still enjoyed the season as a whole. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot less this time, though. Because mm-hmm. those sore thumbs, they really stuck out. Because there's some really high highs in this season. Yeah, big, season. big
2: um, disparities. Like,
0: yeah. really high highs, but also some episodes where you're just like,
2: God, that was a yeah. waste of time. So
0: this whole, this whole episode is just, like, like an earthquake uh, hitting, a, uh, hitting a Richter scale chart or whatever the hell those things are called. But, like size seismograph or whatever there like you just go. all the lines going back and forth back and forth back and forth up and down up and up and up and down <laughs> like that was season eight and that surprised me because i thought it was like pretty good yeah i you when, know before this but now but now I'm like yeah now season seven is way better yeah when jake was
2: like i'm i'm not really like when he did his like binge watch and he was like i don't really know about this like i don't really like this very much you know we were all sort of like incredulous we were like Fuck you. You're wrong. Like you like what? And I'm not going to say that he's right now. uh, A, because he's not. And B, because he'll never let me forget it. Because he he can't
1: Um, allow himself to allow me to be right week after week. But don't worry, Danny, even though you don't say those words, I feel it. I feel it in your soul. I I still maintain that he's not right overall because,
2: you know, again, you can't just remove those three episodes from the end of the season. They're there. They happened. They're good. Um, But. It was interesting to see how many things, like you said, Lizzie, hit differently this time around. That, like, lockdown hit me differently this time around, like we just talked about on last week's episode. Like, I didn't enjoy it as much as I have in the past because of, you know, life, 2020. Um, COVID! Yeah. Brothers and sisters! I remembered being just fine when I watched it originally. And it's not a good episode. Like, it is a bad episode of television. Like... And, and the third watch half is even worse. So like, it's just, uh, you know, there, there were things about this, uh, season, the, the supporting elements of this season, uh, with a few exceptions, the supporting uh, elements of this season were just not there. Like they, they didn't do as much of the heavy lifting as they normally do to like prop up the season. Um, with a few exceptions, like I said, uh, party cloudy chance of rain is really good secrets and lies were it my pick were it not for orion in the sky my pick for episode of the season because i love that episode so goddamn much uh and it is a masterpiece of storytelling not only just you know aping the the breakfast club concept which you know like i don't think that's any like masterstroke. that's a fairly easy template to follow but i just mean in terms of like how they telegraph so much of the stuff they're going to be doing over the next two years without you really noticing like they're telling just you just
0: like because of you just like because it, it breaks up Carter and Susan. Who does yeah, like it like? Because it,
2: bre- I, I, yeah. There's a lot of things to like. I like, I like that it breaks up Carter and Susan. I like that it uh, gets uh, Luca calling Carter a pussy in Croatian. I, uh, I like it uh, because we get Jerry in a gimp suit. Theoretically, um, you know, there's a lot to love in that episode. Um, so yeah, like, there's just there are things in the. It has probably one of. Are in the conversation for the best Christmas episode of the show. Uh, in I'll Be Home for Christmas.
0: Like Yes, that was i I'll be home pretty, for Christmas. Pretty excellent one. I'll be home
2: for Christmas is in the conversation for the best Christmas episode of the entire show. Um so there's things to like in here, but like you said, Lizzie, there's a lot of stuff that hits differently on a on a rewatch, particularly a well paced rewatch where we have a week to digest every single episode before we move on to the next one. Um so I will be very interested to see how that continues as we move forward, because, like, there's a lot of stuff that in my mind I'm like, yeah, that's great shit and that's good, whatever, you know. And and on the other side of things, I have stuff that I'm like, oh, God, I'm dreading getting to that. And maybe it'll hit differently this time around, because season eight has been very eye opening in that way of like this show is not always what I remember it to be.
0: Yeah. Whereas season eight is like the last one where I remember like, oh yeah, I love this part, this part, this part, this part's excellent. Like, oh yeah. still like the one that's seared most into my, of the (laughs) seasons that are seared most into my brain muscle, season eight is the last one of those. Like parts of season nine I remember. Yeah. and But, like, the vast majority of it is just, like, wiped from existence to me. Season 9 is and, where I feel
2: like the muscle memory starts to fade for me. And, like, I, I start to be like, I don't really remember, but I'm along for the ride.
3: We're going to start to be on the same page, guys. <laughs> We've Sick. all turned
0: into Lauren. Oh, no.
3: <laughs>
0: this was her plan all along. Yep. Anything else before we move on to the listener responses and say goodbye to our Uh, free feed folks?
3: I think we beat this horse to death. Let's let our listeners have a chance.
0: Well, Lauren, would you like to take it away?
3: I guess. Uh, Angela G says, major vibe change after this season. Nearly all the OG cast and that chemistry is gone. Carter is the older tone setter rather than the younger hotshot. New Millennium is in full swing. More outside the hospital melodrama from here on out. It's a bit of a different show. Not bad, just different. The green (laughs) bean-shaped void doesn't really get filled for me, and not everyone feels the same, which is the cool thing about this show. Each stage of it creates fans that don't even know about the stage before. Well said. Grace B says, My season takeaway? Michael Gallant is my favorite ER character. He's just here to learn to do medicine and help people as best he can, and everyone is making it harder for him by having egos. All of Daniel's criticisms of him are one hundred per cent valid, and I don't care your honor. I love him in the end <laughs> uh, Franner w says this was the season that I moved in with the current Mr. Franner, and we bought our f- we brought our first baby home too, so it has a big emotional pull for me as I remember regularly watching whilst feeding her, and also me confessing that this was the show that I loved mo- more than most and needed to watch. I guess it's the first season that I remember watching the most and can connect to actual life events of my own. I also feel that this is the end of the old and the start of the new. It changes after Mark dies. Everything changes. For better or worse, I don't really know or care. I am one of those fools who loved it all, including Sam, until the end. Oh, I can't wait for Jake to get to Sam at Actually, the full time. We game, were get into just Aaron's
1: comment. I just wanted like for for the bit like, do y'all when you read Aaron's comment for the episodes in your mind have that like classic era music playing in the background because he's about <laughs> to drop some enlightening shit that you couldn't think of in a million years. That's no, what I, I, picture. I picture. I picture the end
2: of every Doogie Hauser episode like in front of a blue screen computer just typing away. Uh, That's what I imagine. Um, No, we were actually having a discussion just today uh, on the discord about Sam and about, you know, the divisive nature, quite possibly the most divisive Mm -hmm. character in the show's history. Uh, mm-hmm. and somebody made the comment that they can't wait for Jake to get to Sam. <laughs> and I said that, you know, d- please don't forget, though, that Jake is also a, much like me, a teenage boy of the early 2000s mm. uh, and will have a very hard time looking at <laughs> looking at Linda Cardellini without – Oh, it's Linda uh,
1: Cardellini? Guys, 10,
2: <laughs> yep. <out of> 10 <laughs> characters don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woo! Wait, what season she come in?
2: <laughs> season 10? Season guys, 11, let's just skip maybe? season
1: Some 9. It's bad anyways. Let's go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake! This makes me so excited. Now I really can't hear to like hear your penis and your he- brain argue about like what you think about those Sam. Are not, those it's... are
1: not mutually exclusive entities. That like that is it, a that is very... one is... time Linda <laughs> Carter is a rough.
2: <laughs> It is a rough go <laughs> when Linda Cardellini and Maura oh. Tierney are on this show at the exact same time. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you, inside you there are two wolves. <laughs> both Just wolves, both wolves have it's boners.
0: The, <laughs> it's the person. It's the guy. the superhero guy sweating with the two buttons. Uh-huh. like, Which one? <laughs>
3: This Okay, I as much as I joke about how grossed out I am by shit, I love when we get thirsty on Maine. It makes me <laughs> laugh so hard. Uh, with that being said, last but certainly not least, at the full-time dad says, Upon rewatch, I'd say season eight falls just outside of my top tier of ER seasons. Three, six, seven are my faves, not in that order. Yes, it hits you with an emotional haymaker that Mike Tyson couldn't match in Mark's death arc. It has the show's signature bottle episode and has a beautiful farewell to my favorite character, Peter Benton, not to mention some first-rate episodes such as Partly Cloudy, Chance of Rain, Damage is Done, and Blood Sugar. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. But man, are there some stinkers wedged in there. Four Corners, A River in Egypt, Covetus, Brothers and Sisters, Bygones, all very forgettable episodes that bring down the overall quality of the season. Another thing about this season is that much like season six, this season feels dramatically different by the by its end, and I'd argue even much more than, so than six. Gone are Mark and Benton, which marks the first time we've lost two OG characters in a season. Also gone are Benton's extended family, Jennifer, Cleo, and Malucci. I like the when implication
2: had... there that Malucci's part of Benton's extended family.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, meaning that half of the new characters introduced in season six are gone. In their place, we say hello to Gallant, Pratt, and Susan two point By the time we hit lockdown, it's damn near a new show. That
2: that's an excellent point to bring up at the end there, um, which is one that is easily forgotten. Um, I think, like you know, you you suffer a show suffers a loss like George Clooney, you know, leaving, and they bring in three new characters to replace him. And two out of those three are gone <laughs> within 18 months. And uh, I think a lesser show would not have survived that. L- no. Like, if, if you have your big star leave and you bring in three people to replace them and two out of those three people are unmitigated failures, you know, no shade, Derek Palladino, uh, two out of those three people are unmitigated failures, then that would sink a lot of other shows. And it's, it's really impressive that they managed to not only survive, but manage to go on even longer without him than they did with him you know like that's that's pretty impressive
0: all right any final thoughts for the the good the common folk of the <laughs> of the Jesus main Christ. feed yeah. the yeah. just to
1: like sum up how i feel about it is is really i i want you to go into your web browser and type in www.patreon.com slash setting the tone pod. And I want you to put down all of your money. Like take out a second mortgage. Take it from me. Say like I'm a fiduciary podcast giving great advice right now. Quote, not legal advice, but I want you to pick a tier that works for you. Let me tell you about the $5 tier because at the $5 tier, you get access to show notes each week, which has cursing and has sassy notes of characters that we've already forgotten by the time we get to the wrap-ups. And at the $10 tier, you get extras like movie reviews. We can watch excellent movies like Ghost Ship. That's where the ghost of Mark Green goes from on the beach and has sex with a ship. It's classic cinema. It's in the Criterion Collection, and I don't even know what that means. But let me tell you about the $50 tier. That's where shit gets raw. And when I say raw, that's where you can watch Lauren on Zoom eat raw vegetables for about 65 minutes each day. Now. i do it. At the $150 tier, this is where you can support new small businesses. The Lauren and Jake LLC that's going to start a Gilmore Girls podcast. That's where that shit happens. So let me just, you know, put that down in your browser. You know, put your credit card down, put that mortgage statement down. You don't need food. You don't need utilities. The only (laughs) utility you need is your power bill and internet so that you can type in www.patreon.com to type in this bullshit. That's how I feel about season eight.
0: See, the funny part is that he's giving you the wrong URL. No, 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 no. no, I
1: haven't given a shit once.
2: The funniest part is that uh, the way that, you know, peek behind the curtain, the way the editing works, uh, he's going to have done all of that, and then it's going to fade in again to his voice telling you all that same information in a bit that he did, again, like eight years ago when we started all this bullshit. Like, you know, (laughs) he recorded an entire commercial for us, you know, years ago, and he's going to give you all the same information in just like 30 seconds.
1: I'm like YouTube ads. I'll play the same 30-second clip six times (laughs) in a row so that you buy youtube premium and don't have to hear the ads
0: it's one thing i refuse to subscribe to you but you should subscribe to patreon.com slash sign the tone podcast and we love you folks and if you're if you're on the patreon already we'll see you in like 30 seconds and then bye hey
1: stt fans want even more from the setting the tone crew si senorita then head on over to patreon.com slash setting the tone podcast and become a patron today you set the tone You'll get exclusive access to show notes, season recap episodes, bonus video content. No, no, there would have to be more. As well as audio commentaries from movies starring your favorite ER cast members. You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. And best of all, you'll be first to gain access to Setting the Tone, The Lounge, the monthly bonus show where you get a peek behind the trauma room curtain and hear the latest and greatest happenings in the lives of the Setting the Tone hosts. That's it, that's all there is to it. So it's a problem? You still here? (laughs) For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support one of your favorite podcasts and get even more great content. It's enough to make even Benton crack a smile. When did it start raining?